0: Well, hello everyone, and you join us at the end of our first day at Watches and Wonders. Um, it's been a fun day, it's been a long day, and to be honest, we're quite overwhelmed by all the things we've seen, and we've only seen one third of it. Um, so what we're going to do today, rather than try and give you a, a huge amount of detail that's probably going to be overwhelming for both you and us, we're going to just uh, talk about some of the highlights that we saw from a few brands that we uh, that we enjoyed company of today. Uh, Tom, what was your initial reaction to Watches and Wonders being the first time?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was pretty overwhelming. Um, It was so grand. (laughs) I was sort of intimidated by some of the stands. They were so, yeah, so grand. Um, but it was really friendly, really welcoming. The hospitality was great. It was really cool environment, uh, really cool atmosphere. So uh, yeah, yeah, really enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, oh, the food. Shout out to the food and the people serving it. Yeah, they could serve a meal in less than two minutes. It was incredible.
1: <laughs> if you just sat down anywhere, uh, it's you know within
0: two minutes someone would bring you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've eaten as many pastries as I have today in a long time. Um, but let's let's start to buzz through them. Um, we'll go through in the order that we saw the brands, no, no particular order. Uh, first, we saw Grand Seiko. Now, Grand Seiko are a particular favourite of ours, and there was a number of great things they showed, but they did not disappoint with the Kodo Constant Force Tourbillon.
1: Mm. And that was, the, the yeah, the first thing we saw, and we were like, wow, uh, that's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah, that, that constant force Tourbillon was amazing. Um, so cool to see uh, Grand Seiko doing this sort of skeletonized open work tourbillon, Um and it looked incredible.
0: I'll be honest, it's it's my favourite thing I've seen so far. I've seen a lot of great things. Yeah. Um, if if you're not familiar with this constant force Tourbillon idea, in a nutshell, when you look down through the tourbillon cage, you see the balance beating, you see the constant force ticking, and you see the tourbillon cage rotating. It is just a bonanza. Of, uh, of of movement and um, beautifully finished, beautifully decorated, looks very modern but also still very distinctly Grand Seiko.
1: Yeah, yeah, and two little cool, really cool little details that I want to call out on it were the um, on the rotating tourbillon uh, bridges. They had a, a nice little ruby that which functioned as the running seconds hand, and, and yeah. also the strap was in this like sort of black lacquered material that was very similar to what the samurai used to wear as well so there's another little nod to the japanese heritage yeah it was gorgeous
0: yeah that's um that's the one i'd be putting my deposit on if i had that kind of money um which i don't and i think they're going to make something like 20 of them it's incredibly yeah. limited so really <laughs> uh, good privilege to see that i'm glad to see the concept finally come to light um next next we saw h moza and again a bunch of really lovely stuff uh Fumé dials with the hobnail patterns and things like this, but the one that really caught our eye, or that is to say, didn't catch our eye, yeah, didn't catch the light, didn't catch anything. No, it didn't. Was the uh, Vanta Black? Um, we've seen Moser use Vanta Black before on a dial, but this was an entire watch. Yeah. Um, what did you make of it, Tom?
1: Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's like an optical illusion. They've got it on a Vantablack background as well. And so you can only really see it from the side because when you see it against that backdrop, it just disappears. You can just see this white pair of hands floating in the in midair. Um, yeah, it's really
0: crazy. Yeah, I've only ever seen the Vantablack stuff in pictures before. And of course, you look at your screen and it's as black as your screen can go and you go, oh, okay, right, whatever. But when you actually see it in person, it's almost, it makes your eyes feel a bit strange. <laughs> um. But yeah, awesome. Uh, of course, with Vanta Black at the moment, it's not something you can touch because it destroys the fine nano coating. Uh, but we were told that Moser is working on a wearable solution. So be interesting to see. Uh, next we saw Zenith, and they had some variations on their Chronomaster Sport, which has obviously been very, very successful for them. Um, Multicolor ceramic bezels, uh, Open Heart with sapphire discs. But the best experience. Uh, from Zenith it wasn't the watches, although they were very good, mm. but it was the actual presentation itself.
1: Yeah, so much fun. Yeah, the presentation just mimics their watchmaking style. It was just so, just really well executed.
0: Yeah. And the ha- light was great. Oh, yeah. it. Uh, I'm very surprised, actually, that of all the brands we saw so far, Zenith was the only one that considered an environment where you could take good photography. as will be demonstrable from the, the footage that you're seeing um but not only that the guy who was there was a rather than a marketing person or a product person was a, a watchmaker and he was um he he also trains watchmakers but he was just extolling everything to do with the product with passion had all of these toys to play with 3d printed prototypes movements that you could fiddle around with big escapements that you could wind and see how they worked yeah and it was by far the most engaging and enjoyable experience of the day
1: yeah it felt like a horological version of builder bear
0: <laughs> it really did it was great um moving on to an experience that was just outright overwhelming Jusulocult's stand uh what are they called like an a, a, a stellarium or a, it was like a big observatory yeah so inside you look up and there's all these LED stars like falling down from the ceiling and uh, a podium in the middle where you can go and experience their uh, new complications um but in, in in conjunction with the dark space with these lights falling down and just loud rumbling bass and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it was almost like a simulation. It made me feel a bit heady. I was just yeah. like, oh, I think I need to sit down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in, in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there's a machine that uh, is used as a torture device that shows you how insignificant you are in comparison to the rest <laughs> of the universe. Yeah. And it felt a bit like that. Um, Yeah, it was sublime. It was sort of daunting at some point. Yeah, had to sort of leave for a bit of a breather, come back down to Earth. But the actual product, uh, what I don't really want to do is do it any disservice and try and gloss over it because they had a selection of celestial complications uh, in wristwatches and in the Atmos clock that were, quite frankly, mind-blowing that I'm still coming to terms with now so i'd really like to take the opportunity to talk about them in more detail mm. in the future but you'll, you'll see the images and you'll see that there's something special
1: yeah i mean i arrived late so i missed the presentation and i i just couldn't believe what i was looking at i was like what's going on with these watches <laughs> and you were like no time <laughs>
0: i don't understand <laughs> uh, tom was being hounded by fans so he, yeah. uh, he he was waylaid on his way in um Moving on to uh, Panerai, uh, and of course a big, a big release for them, uh, a submersible collection, new colours, we saw green and things like that. Yeah, some that really nice
1: colourful yeah, really, really cool and fun.
0: Yeah, that's what you want from a Panerai, it's fun, different sizes, uh, polished bezels on the submersible which we've not seen for a long time. Um, but this is going to be an odd one, the takeaway I had from Panerai today was their new box.
1: Oh yeah, that was really cool. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. Um, 70% recycled materials, I think it was. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but I find the boxes that come with watches are too big. They're too too wooden, they're too heavy, they take up too much space in my attic.
1: Yeah, sometimes they hurt if they snap
0: shut on your fingers.
1: (laughs) Or you drop it on your foot, (laughs) take
0: your toes off. Um, so uh, what Panerai have done is they've reduced the box down to a small cardboard box, and that seems fairly like fine, whatever. Uh, as, as you said, Tom, seventy-two percent recycled uh, recycled material. But it was what was inside it that really impressed me. Mm.
1: It was modular. It was. So the yeah, so the there was a, inside the box was like a little pouch, which sort of doubled up as like a little travel pouch. Um, it was quite cleverly done. It's sort of really sort of slickly rotated and
0: yeah, imagine like a revolving door, but for taking your watch on holiday. Yeah,
1: yeah. You got this. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, really clever, really um, innovative, and um, yeah, it's something There's something else to look forward to when you get your new Panerai.
0: Yeah, and it's nice to see that sort of thought in the experience and the sustainability. You know, mm. Tom and I are both um, big fans of. I mean, of, I'm wearing vegan trainers, so I, so I love all that. How do they taste? <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> um i'll tell you what was a big surprise though uh, tag heuer we went to see next and i don't know this might be harsh but what you expect from tag heuer is
1: carrera monaco Aquaracer.
0: yeah sort of entry to mid-level watches inoffensive not particularly unusual you get what you get and what you expect and that's fine that's what they do
1: mm, they were cool yeah
0: yeah yeah but they had the uh, carrera plasma
1: yeah that was something that was weird we didn't get hands on with that because'm I'm, I'm not sure if it's the only one they had, but it was it was just floating in this glass case um so we went to see it after the presentation and it was aluminium and mm-hmm. diamond and all sort of looked like sort of little chunks of diamond smushed into an aluminium case somehow
0: yeah, so if you were just to say a diamond set case, you go oh yeah mm like what they wear in rap videos. But this, <laughs> this was a completely different way of doing it. Case sides, front, back, in almost like a geometric pattern and inlaid into the case completely flush with um, oblong cut diamonds. The diamonds that are all uh, as well, lab-grown. Mm-hmm. So n- nobody had to sort of kill anyone else to get them, which is, uh, yeah. which is always a bonus.
1: Yeah, and a cool little diamond crown as um, well, which was crazy <laughs> with the tag shield logo etched into it which was yeah yeah amazing I, detail
0: an actual uh you said a little but two and a half carats i'm sure your lady friend would
1: be- oh yeah I, I know all about the values of diamonds <laughs> carrots
0: and all that <laughs> but i've never seen a, a watch component uh, a practical component made out of diamond before and the tag hoya crown was made out of solid diamond yeah A real Bobby Dazzler. (laughs) Pretty cool. Um, Talking of Bobby Dazzlers, uh, Chapek, which I learned is called, pronounced Chapek, not Sapek. So there you go. That's That's what
1: the communications manager was
0: saying. (laughs) She was a really nice lady, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The Antarctic Frozen Star. Yeah, that was the shiniest
1: of shiny watches I'd seen that day. What was that coated in? Osmium? Osmium? I'm not sure if I'm getting that right some
0: very rare material supposedly the rarest precious metal I don't know what osmium is I don't know where you find it No. I don't know how they manufacture it but what it made was a very 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 sparkly dial it didn't look um, chintzy no. It was really cool. It had like a, a really sort of icy, rocky, cavernous, yeah.
1: cold feeling. Frozen Star is the perfect name for that watch because that dial has just got this ethereal, celestial, magical kind of glow to it. Yeah, it was really cool.
0: Which reminds me, I need to defrost my freezer. <laughs> uh, they also had the Antarctic uh, Retropont, um, which... Retropont watch split seconds look gorgeous
1: yeah oh god I thought my my head is just swimming with tourbillons some and retropontes um, <laughs> we've seen so many today
0: I think <laughs> you've definitely had watch overload
1: yeah <laughs> yeah my mind's
0: frazzled um carry on um the uh, the really surprising thing about that is the price um it's certainly not cheap by any stretch no but it, it is a, a very premium Rotrepont watch in a steel sports case for 46,000 Swiss francs, yeah. which in that market seems um, seems rather underpriced. Yeah,
1: no, they're a, they're a sleeper hit brand and they're on the up and up and I think it's um, one to definitely keep your eye on. Yeah, for sure. Really, really, really nice. Yeah. Uh,
0: on to uh, the, well, the, the other side of the Chapek and Patek duo, Patek Philippe. Um, certainly not up and coming they are very well known had by far the most extravagant stand uh, at the show um, it looks a little bit like uh, if the guy in Up instead of just tying balloons to his house he went to it is Norman Foster the architect isn't it <laughs> uh, he he got a modern architect to to build it for him instead quite something um, but again uh, I, I want to touch on these watches in a future video in more detail Mm. lots of really interesting watches a lot of touches that are really aimed at a more modern audience but there are two things I wanted to point out and not as criticisms but really uh, as a kind of a a thumbs up and a nod to a brand that we really like Moser that we talked about earlier Mm. so they had the 5205R um, in rose gold with a green dial green like green you've noticed there's been green yeah a lot of green going around Yeah, I mean, we'll get onto the greenest thing in a minute, won't we? (laughs) Um, But what was interesting is they presented this with sculpted lugs, sculpted in the side of the case. Yeah. And I'm sure you recognise that.
1: Yeah, it looked like a Moser lug. (laughs) It it really did,
0: it really did. And I I said to the person, oh, this looks just like a Moser lug. Mm. And the guy looked surprised, told me to leave and never come back. No, he didn't, he was very helpful, really, really... um, (laughs) <laughs> uh, fun and actually, uh, Batek were really, really nice. Uh, yeah,
1: everyone's just been so friendly. Everyone we've spoken to and had appointments, appointments with, them. it's just been great. It's been really fun chatting to all these brands.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the other Batek to point out is the 5270P, um, which had a smoky dark green dial, dark on the outside, lighter in the middle. Hmm. Again, very much like a Moser, yeah. Um, and again, I want to say this is not a criticism. Um, I like to think of it more as, as a nod to the, the small guy coming up to say, oh, hey, yeah, we've noticed you. you we, we've seen that you're doing some cool stuff that we've not seen before, and we, we want some of that action.
1: Yeah, and watch brands like to give little nods to the other
0: brands as well from time to time, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> some real head-snapping nods. <laughs> um, and, of course, the, the brand that you absolutely cannot go without seeing when you go to a watch fair. Rolex. Uh, they have some bits and pieces. Yeah. Crown guards on the Air King. Yep. Um, that Datejust blue dial with the diamonds.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. So that diamond, that weird little bezel diamond with all the lines, that was a, on a little Datejust.
0: Yep. Uh, 42 millimetre yellow gold yacht master, all mm-hmm. that stuff. But the thing that um, I... I I don't want to say blew everyone's minds, because it definitely wasn't that. But the thing that everyone noticed the most, left-handed, black and green GMT Master.
1: Yeah. A little something for the southpaws, Yeah, I wish you are one of. No. Yes, you are. Only writing,
0: not (laughs) watch-wearing. Fine. (laughs) That is your prerogative. Um, But... I'm even more confused seeing that than I am when the uh, Moon Swatch came out. Um, It's, okay. Yeah. Left-handed. Sure. Great. I guess, I mean, there's,
1: I think there's a lot of left-handed people crying out for Rolexes at the minute, and I think they've got a bit of demand to meet there, so I think that's what they're sort of going for.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're really pushing for sales, so to kind of capitalise on any niche market they can is probably a good business proposition.
1: Because there are left-handed people, that's a plane. (laughs) there are left-handed people that just can't get a hold of the rolex watches that they want so they need to yeah cater for them don't they
0: and it's the lack of left-handed watches that's stopping them from being able to purchase exactly yeah yeah so well that's our first day we are going to be here tomorrow and we're going to be here the next day to continue uh, working our way through all of the lovely lovely juicy watches that are out there and we're looking forward to seeing them yeah but until then uh thank you for joining us Uh, Please do subscribe if you enjoyed this, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?